Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 133. We are going to talk about five players that I, rookies rather, that I like less than the pros at DLF. So earlier this offseason, I did a podcast about rookies that I like less than most um, analysts. And that time I focused on position players that I liked more less in the first and second rounds of the rookie drafts. And so today I'm going to talk about players that I like less than most analysts that will be drafted later, usually like in the third and fourth rounds of rookie drafts. I've said this before, but I don't actually look at other analyst rookie rankings during the offseason when I'm setting my rankings, except when I do podcasts like these, where I just check in just to see the differences that I have. And that's why I've done podcasts like this. Whenever I do try to check in with the other pros and analysts, I always go to DLF. I like to look them first, Dynasty League Football, DLF. I like them because they are uh, great. They're, they're pros, and I like it. They have composite rankings where they have, I think, six different analysts that all rank, and then they have their composite rankings. And that gives me a real good assessment about what the whole community thinks about the players and where my rankings are different. And so after weeks of listening to and reading uh, many of the full-time draft analysts, like the guys that do this for a living, and adding into that the factors of the pro day results that have been coming out, I've modified my rankings, my rookie rankings, a fair amount. And so have the folks at DLF. I can see how some of their uh, rankings have changed since the last time I did this. But now I compared them. And so today I'm going to talk about those that I actually like less than the pros at DLF. First up, we have Brevin Jordan. Uh, as of April 1st, Brevin Jordan was my 34th ranked rookie, while he was DLF's 26th ranked rookie. Uh, Jordan was the top ranked tight end in his recruiting class when he signed with Miami, but he uh, was not the game-changing tight end that team expected. He did play well. He averaged over 50 yards receiving and .5 touchdowns per game in his career, but he struggled a lot with injuries throughout his career. The thing here is I really like Jordan. Uh, I just don't believe that he's a better rookie draft pick than many of the guys that I have ranked ahead of him compared to the pros at DLF. Uh, several of the players that I podcasted about last week when I wrote about players that I like more than the DLF analysts, guys like Amari Rogers, Javian Hawkins, Josh Emotor Baby, I have them ranked ahead of Jordan. I also have Tamaron Terry, uh, Jamar Jefferson, Mac Jones, Tutu Atwell, and Kylan Hill ranked ahead of Jordan. I think that there's far more upside for those eight players that I just listed than there is for Jordan. And so I have a much more significant gap, too, between Pat Fryermuth as my second-ranked tight end and Jordan, my third-ranked tight end. Fryermuth I have ranked number 24 overall and would draft him at the end of the second round then, where Jordan I have 10 spots later at 34th, while DLF has only five spots between them. So we have the same order in the sense of the order of the tight ends, but I see a much bigger tier between the two of them, which is why the players that fill in the gaps, I have those eight players that fill in the gaps between them that are different from the folks at DLF. He is my third-ranked tight end, like I said, but I wouldn't draft him till the end of the third round in comparison. The DLF team says that they would draft him at the start of the third round. Not a huge difference. 
but I much prefer those eight players that I had listed ranked ahead of Jordan than the DLF analysts have. Again, those players are Amari Rogers, Javian Hawkins, Josh Matorbebe, who I talked about last week. But I also have Tamar Ontario, Jamar Jefferson, Mac Jones, Tutu Atwell, Kylan Hill. I uh, like the upside of those guys before I would be willing to take Jordan, which is my third tight end. Next player that I have ranked less, or I think less of, than the folks at DLF is Sage Sherratt. Um, as of April 1st, Sage Sherratt, Sherratt was my uh, 42nd ranked rookie, while he was DLF's 33rd ranked rookie, so we got a nine-spot difference there. It was uh, fun to watch Surratt's 2019 film when he had 100 or had 1,001 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns in his sophomore season. It was a great breakout season, and while I like to see that from young receivers, it just felt, I don't know, just felt to me like a little artificial. Their schedule was pretty weak uh, for Wake for Wake Forest that year, and they did score a lot. Of, they did score a lot of points. Surratt scored touchdowns and had uh, five games with 100 yards receiving and three multi-touchdown games, which typically would make me trust him more since I am a big believer in breakout age and college production. Um, then he opted out of the 2020 season without giving us that one more year to look at. Uh, 2019, his, his routes really seemed limited to slants and fades and back shoulder throws in the end zone, which is good. And he, he produced, I think uh, he produced in those routes, but he didn't really show me enough to believe that he could do so in the NFL. Um, compared to a relatively weak ACC that he played in. Um, he was a three-star recruit. He only ran a 4.66 and 4.69 in the 40-yard dash during his pro day. I just don't believe that he's going to get drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, making him a player who will have to compete for a role on a team. And I'd be willing to draft in the middle of the fourth round, like I said, but not in the back of the third as DLF has him ranked. Just have uh, too many question marks after just one uh, good season for him. Next back, uh, running back that I'll talk about, this is running back this time, that I have ranked less than uh, DLF is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, as of April 1st, Ramondre uh, Stevenson was my 41st ranked rookie, while he was DLF's 34th ranked rookie, so seven spots difference there. Uh, Stevenson is another player that I value in the fourth round compared to the third round that the DLF you know, analysts have him valued as. I think it's really rare to see a running back become a star in the NFL when he started his college career at a junior college. Uh, plus, he'd really never had a breakout year with Oklahoma. Uh, there, I think there's just far too many questions about his ability to leap from junior college straight to the NFL and be a, a really solid starting running back. It's one thing to dominate junior college, but if he can't uh, do the same in the NCAA, which he never did really at Oklahoma, then why would you be able to do so in the NFL, I think? Uh, Stevenson did trim down to 230 pounds in his pro day, but he plays much bigger than that. I think the NFL is overall moving away from backs that are his size, and I don't think that he's going to be drafted before the fifth round in the NFL. He's a very large power back and does show some good things on tape, but many lighter and more versatile backs in the draft, I think, are going to be drafted ahead of him because they can fill various roles on their teams. I would really be shocked if Stevenson gets drafted uh, to a team that would cause him to rise in my rankings because he's going to get drafted uh, so late and really has a limited role, I believe. Fourth player that I have listed uh, ranked less than the folks at DLF is Nico Collins. Uh, as of April 1st, Nico Collins was my 50th ranked rookie while he was DLF's 35th ranked rookie. So big difference there. Collins was 15, point, 15 spots different in my rankings. I do think Collins is an incredible athlete, four-star recruit to Michigan, but he really never had a breakout season. Then he opted out of the 2020 season. 
Uh, Jim Harbaugh, he has a tendency to recruit great high school receivers, but they can't seem to produce like like uh, be productive college receivers once they get to his team. It was the same last year with Donovan Peoples-Jones, a five-star recruit that was drafted by the Browns in the sixth round after playing at Michigan. I just think the same same thing's going to happen to Nico Collins this year. Uh, while his pro day was excellent, he did run a 4-4-2, 40-yard dash, 6.78, second three-cone. Uh, he's just been, not been able to put it all together on the field, which is where, for me, if you follow me, you know that's where it really matters most to me. His career high in receptions in a season was 38, and that was in a 13-game season, so he's just not been a super high-targeted player. Uh, I think if he was better, he'd receive more targets per game than he's received uh, he has played a tough schedule in his 2019 season, but never really dominated any game. Um, I hate to sound redundant, but but Collins, like Surratt, uh, will, will get drafted behind the more versatile wide receivers in this year's deep, deep wide receiver class. And I think that his, he has a physical talent as a late-round dart, you know, to, to take throw a dart at me in, in the late round of your rookie drafts. That's why I have him ranked 50, which would be, you know, the fifth round. But I wouldn't pull the trigger on him in the third round like they do, like the DLF guys have him ranked number 35, so they're willing to do it much earlier than I would be willing to do so. And finally, uh, last player would be Khalil Herbert. Uh, As of April 1st, Khalil uh, Herbert was my 48th ranked rookie, so the very last pick of the fourth round, while he was DLF's 40th ranked rookie. Uh, Eight spots difference, so it's not a huge difference. I don't have a significant difference of opinion than DLF's uh, analysts on Herbert. Uh, we both see him as a fourth-round pick, like I said, but they have him 40, I have him 48. But I mention him uh, because he's getting a lot of a lot of hype from the pros at Football Guys. If you follow Football Guys, uh, they are they are uh, kind of hyping up Herbert. Um, he does have some very enjoyable highlight film, but overall his profile just makes me hard to believe. It makes me think it's hard to believe that he would be a starting running back in the NFL. Uh, he was a three-star recruit, so only a three-star recruit signed with Kansas but then was surpassed in a lineup by the much smaller back in Puka Williams. And then after redshirting his senior season at Kansas, he transferred to Virginia, so he's much older. Um, he didn't have the best se- He did have the best season of his career at Virginia Tech, um, but I feel like it's just too little too late from a dynasty perspective. Uh, I caution dynasty owners from believing the hype around this late-year breakout. I just don't think it's something that we can trust. If he's, if he's not drafted on day two, he's going to be among those backs like Ramondi Stevenson that I spoke about who get drafted behind the younger and smaller uh, backs that are much more diverse in their play, play uh, skills. I just don't uh, feel like he fits the profile of a player who's going to become an NFL starting running back. And they don't also have, like, he doesn't fit the team that really has that ancillary role on teams as well. I think that they they're strictly... Draft drafted late, you know, these types of backs are strictly drafted late uh, for depth, and I think that's what he's going to be too. Uh, for me, in this very, very deep class, there's far too many wide receivers that I prefer to t- draft in the fourth round ahead of Herbert. I think the receivers in this kind of window are much better draft picks in your rookie drafts than than taking Herbert that early. That's it. Those are some of my players. A quick podcast this week, just to give you an idea on some players that now that I've actually looked at DLS rankings, I have ranked uh, far behind where they have them ranked. So it's up to you now. You get to decide. You can trust me as your independent, trustworthy uh, dynasty analyst, or you can follow the masses. You got to take a stand on some players, and you got to say that you don't like players as much as others do. And now that I've looked at DLS rankings, these are players that I like less than the pros at DLF. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. 
Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email and Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me. I'd love to talk with you as you prepare for your rookie drafts. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.